When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back. It's your Friday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. And there's more of you. I can see the numbers on our tracking website. And people are listening to the podcast again. So welcome back. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. We want to talk about football, but there, as we record this, there is no new Big Ten schedule yet. They said when they announced on Wednesday that Big Ten football was coming back in October, they sort of said we'll have a schedule by the end of the week. We're recording this 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. There's not one out yet. So we're going to talk about something that is kind of like football, and that's feelings, because I think it's important to talk about feelings. So we asked our tech subscribers how they're feeling about the Big Ten right now. I am very curious if people are feeling a Big Ten brotherhood as a result of the last five weeks. And I'm curious specifically if that means we are going to hear Big Ten chants in the stands ever. Maybe at the Big Ten championship game where everybody says, we don't care who wins, but we're the Big Ten. Go Big Ten. Go Big Ten. Maybe at bowl games. Right? Maybe if, if Ohio State's in a playoff game and they're playing the ACC or the SEC, would there be a Big Ten chant in there? I asked the tech subscribers that. They answered. So we'll have poll results. We'll have answers from them, from them, and we'll discuss that. But we do have a little bit of news of the day that we want to get down to first. So if you want to be a tech subscriber and participate in polls about Big Ten chants. Ooh, also, we also asked, do you like Jim Harbaugh anymore now? because Jim Harbaugh marched with Michigan players and tried to get football back. Do Ohio State fans look at Jim Harbaugh any differently after this than they did before? We have an answer on that. But we want to start with Sean Wade. He opted back in. Nathan, I'm going to opt out of the next like 90 seconds of the podcast, and then I'll ponder my decision and decide what I'm going to do. And you go ahead and explain. He announced it on Thursday night on ESPN too, but Sean Wade is playing this fall. Yeah. So we, we had originally heard the Wednesday night that was going to happen instead of when the big 10 released its stuff on, on Wednesday, the, the Wade family wanted some more time. So instead of uh, signing with an agent on Wednesday night, Sean Wade instead was getting a bunch of phone calls from all the the coaches he's had over the course of his life. And uh, I think that just kind of changed his mindset a little bit. I don't know if it changed his mind, but I think it, from what we were told, kind of put him in a different mindset, uh, maybe put him a little bit at ease. And then he woke up Thursday morning with the decision to come back to Ohio State. So um, obviously it's, it's a big deal for Ohio State to have him back. I, w- I was saying last week or earlier this week, whenever it was, that without Sean Wade, I wasn't sure that this was the best team in the this, – this was the national championship favorite anymore. Um, I think they still had a chance to, to compete for a national championship, but that was going to be a huge hit for this defense with him back. I think uh, the, the ceiling and now with Wyatt Davis also saying he wants to come back. And we think that both those guys will be able to come back without too much trouble from the NCAA. We'll see about Wyatt Davis's situation, but both those guys coming back um, puts Ohio State right back where it always expected to be as far as competing for a national championship. 
So was there, there was brotherhood talk. There was a call. We'll get to this in, in a second, but there was a call on Friday with Justin Fields and Jonathan Cooper. Nathan was the only one on that for us, but Nathan, there was brotherhood talk about opt-ins and opt-outs, right? On the call. Is there brotherhood talk? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so the thing that I want to know, because Steven, you've been tracking the big 10 opt-outs. Rashad Bateman once back mm-hmm. reportedly Rashad Bateman, who was in the early batch of Big Ten opt-outs, the first-team All-Big Ten receiver from Minnesota, projected first-round pick, he wants back in. But something that and, – and I don't want to get in their heads, and, and I'm, whatever these guys want to do is, is best for them. The Brotherhood stuff, listen, man, they said they want to come back and win a national championship, right? Don't, haven't Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade said that specifically? So the thing that we've talked about, repeatedly on this podcast is that Clemson, no opt-outs, Bama, no opt-outs, Ohio State, two opt-outs who opted back in. So the three best teams who are the three national title favorites, they still have everybody. That's why they're back. Steven, if Ohio State was Penn State, if Ohio State was a top 10 team, or, a top, or if Ohio State was Minnesota, if Ohio State's like a top 15 team, I think Minnesota actually finished the top 10 last year, but they're not a top 10 team now. Shouldn't have. Oh, we'll get to a we'll get to AP poll vote yeah. in a moment. But isn't that it with these guys? I mean, to me, if these guys were frustrated and they left, what's pulling them back is the chance at something special as a team, something historic, not just playing, not just being good. So, no offense to the brotherhood, but would they be back if Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade were playing for a team that everybody was projecting to go six and two in an eight-game schedule? Do you think they'd be back? I want to say no, but I think when you look at what guys like Rashad Bateman are trying to do, maybe Rondell Moore, maybe, yes, they would still be back because they would still just want to play football. Um, I personally would not come back. I would just go ahead and start getting ready for the NFL draft. Um, But maybe they would just simply want to play football, and it's an opportunity to show something still and kind of solidify yourself. Maybe for Sean Whaley, it would just be an opportunity to solidify himself as the guy who's going to be the first cornerback taken in the draft instead of maybe the second or third cornerback taken in the first round of an NFL draft, while Wyatt Davis kind of the same thing is, no, we're not competing for a championship, but I can solidify that I'm going to be the first interior lineman taken in the NFL draft. So maybe their motivation would just be a little different. I mean, if, if the Big Ten had announced that the season was starting on Thanksgiving, would we be writing stories today about the, the brotherhood of Ohio State no. when neither one of those guys probably would have opted back in, and we might have other players opting out? Like, come on. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not that – well, yeah, that's that's true. That's, which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, every player yeah. has a right to do what's what's best for him, and it's great for Ohio State that these guys are here. But again, it's not. Let's let's just be honest about. I mean, that's good. Ohio State has a good culture. A lot of places have a good culture, and they're back because they want to win a national championship. And Clemson and Alabama have pretty good cultures, and they're trying to win national championships, and they didn't lose guys either. Okay. This Justin Fields call, Justin Fields and Jonathan Cooper, the thing that I'm most interested, Nathan, is Justin Fields said, did he not, that basically he never thought about opting out. Is that a fair assessment of how Justin Fields described it? So I think the best way to characterize what he said is that he was never in the same mindset that Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis were as far as feeling some urgency to make the decision. Those, both of those guys obviously felt like they're – or were getting advice perhaps that they needed to kind of jump and, and make a decision and not wait around for the Big Ten, whereas Justin Fields, I think, just had a more uh, go-with-the-flow kind of attitude towards it. Not that he – I'm sure that his family did think about this potential eventuality, right, that it could have happened. I mean, that the Big Ten might have decided – actually, the Big Ten still could decide not to have a football season – um, because of the, the medical conditions. And um, so I'm sure that that was something would be almost malpractice if the family didn't consider that. But he never felt like the, – the answer he gave, I just felt like he, his, his, his thought process was never that this is a decision I have to make right now, This is that I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position where I have to go. Um, I think he was willing to wait it out even longer, see what happens. He's obviously also a little bit of a different – situation I would say than both of those guys in some ways he can obviously help himself um and and White Davis actually probably is the same way too I don't know how much he can rise in the the draft in some ways Sean Wade was the one of the three who like I thought had the most compelling maybe reason to to 
to get going early because maybe he felt like he had the most work to do and possibly the most room in the first round to still climb, if that makes sense. So I felt like Justin Fields, maybe it was the advice he was getting too professionally from the avenues that he has for that. Just didn't feel like it was so in his face that he had to go one way or the other. He, he was willing to wait it out. And again, however each individual guy and their families made the decision is, is great. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of guys are not in this situation that Ohio State's in, right? Ohio State's in a unique position that I think is matched by two other schools, and there are personal and team reasons for a guy to try to come back um, that aren't quite there for a lot of other schools. So great for the Buckeyes that they are at full capacity, and I think that's all that anybody wanted. I think that's what Ryan Day wanted. You want full capacity, shot at a title, and that's what they're getting. Real quickly on the AP poll, Nathan, when will you be allowed to vote for Ohio State next? Next weekend. So this poll that we will send in Sunday morning will not include Ohio State. The reasoning that we were given uh, from a friend of the pod, Ralph Russo, was that they want teams to, or they want voters to A, be able to see a Big Ten schedule, which we thought might come out today as we're recording this on Friday afternoon. But at this point, Friday, we don't expect that it would be uh, you know, after making an actual PR achievement this week, the Big Ten would really be kind of hurting itself by news dumping the schedule on a Friday afternoon. Um, so I would expect we might see that, if not Monday morning, then I would some sometime next week. Um, and they so they want people to see that schedule, which the SEC I know hasn't played yet, but at least the SEC has a schedule. These other conferences do have a schedule in place. And B, they want to give some more time for these opt-ins or unopts or whatever you want to call them the, the players like Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis like they're saying they want to come back we're hearing that Rashad Bateman wants to come back the Purdue reporting that's out there says that maybe even Rondo Moore might try to come back so multiple players out there potentially trying to come back and that's going to affect where some of those teams get voted obviously not Purdue probably start the year but Penn State and Ohio State for sure uh, and Minnesota as well so get some more clarity to that maybe by next weekend and they'll be back in the poll so this weekend still no Big Ten teams next week Big Ten teams Last thing, another game before we get to our feelings, before we talk about feelings. Another game has been postponed. Houston and Baylor had some postponements and wound up like scheduling each other like six days ago to play this coming weekend. And here we are Friday afternoon and they have announced that their game is postponed. This is courtesy again of Ralph Russo. These are the FBS level games postponed or canceled since August 26th. North Carolina State, Virginia Tech, Marshall, East Carolina, Louisiana, Monroe, Troy, SMU versus TCU, Tulsa versus Oklahoma State, Temple, Navy, Louisiana Tech, Baylor, Rice, Marshall, UAB, Rice, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Houston, Memphis, BYU, Army, Central Arkansas, Arkansas State, Charlotte versus UNC, Florida Atlantic, Georgia Southern, and Houston, Baylor. So there's more games being played than there are being postponed. But I do think in, in the search for, like, who did it right, I think perhaps the Big 12 model of we're going to play our conference games and, like, you guys can go out and sort of look for a non-conference game as a warm-up before we get to conference play, I actually think maybe that was wrong. That it feels like these Power 5 teams, they're running into some issues when they're playing a couple of the non-Power 5 teams – and I just don't know if, the, you know, why Baylor, Baylor had Louisiana Tech canceled, so then they had scheduled Houston and had Houston canceled, and now that's postponed. Just play the Big 12 schedule, man. Like, of all the things that, like, the SEC is not messing around with non-conference stuff. They're playing 10 conference games. Nathan, I think that actually, in the end, might have been smarter because you wind up reaching for stuff, and then if the other team that maybe doesn't have as many resources and is not in your conference with the same protocols, if they can't get it together, then you end up having a game that you are preparing for that gets postponed. Yeah. I mean, I just, I guess I don't really see the, the point of, you know, why is Oklahoma playing Missouri state last week? Why aren't they playing another big 12 school? Like, why are you taking the chance that Missouri state might infect your entire team and you gain nothing from it, except just a, a butt whooping that you get to put on somebody that nobody respects. Um, I, I think the Big Ten solution for that is, is much smarter. If they were, and, and the Big Ten could have, if they had been playing nine games or ten games, if they had made this decision earlier and started earlier, and I'm not saying they should have, I'm just if they had, they would just be adding more Big Ten games. Like, why would you not keep it within the sphere of people that you know are following a uniform set of really strict guidelines? It, it's, it's 
kind of mind-boggling to me. Um, now, in some of these cases, it is schools that are a little bit more equal footing. But even in those cases where you're, you're talking about just maybe completely wildly different expectations and standards and protocols, I, I, would, I, I don't know why everyone has just kind of – and I know that sucks for the, mid, the mid-majors, the lower division schools. They're really already taking a hit, and they'll take an even bigger one there. But I'm sorry. Like, for this year, you can't worry about that. All right. Let's come back, get to our survey, get to our texter answers. If you want to be a texter and take part in this stuff, it's 614-350-3315. It's a 14-day free trial. You send a text to that number. You get back a link to sign up. You try it for two weeks, and you see what happens. And again, we've added some people lately. We appreciate that. We appreciate everybody who's listening. Thanks for being here with us on Buckeye Talk. Whether you're new, whether you're back, whether you've been with us the whole time, we appreciate it. We'll come back and talk about Big Ten Brotherhood after this on Buckeye Talk. Go Big Ten. Go Big Ten. Go Big Ten. Will we ever hear that chant at an Ohio State football game? Back on Buckeye Talk, Stephen Means, if you're an Ohio State fan – if you were a Michigan fan or a Penn State fan, a fan of a Big Ten team, whether your team was playing a non-conference opponent in the regular season, whether you're playing a bowl game, maybe everybody's together at the Big Ten championship game and you're just feeling the conference vibe, would you ever chant Big Ten at a football game? No, I would not. I would never – no, I would never do no such thing like that. In fact, if I was an Ohio State fan, I would be rooting for Ohio State to win a national championship in spite of – of the Big Ten trying to keep us from winning a national championship. That's how I would spin it in my head if I was a fan. So you they are not. Keep... No, I am not. No, no. Nathan, camaraderie. You've covered two Big Ten programs now. You got you know, a little brotherhood, a little Big Ten brotherhood. Yeah, a little Big Ten brotherhood. Not in that formal of a way. I, I, I think there are some cultural differences between the SEC and the Big Ten that may play into this a little bit. Um, but it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's not like, I mean, it's one of the know. cultural differences that all the schools in sec country lost a war. Uh, I, is that true that they're all in Southern States? Yeah. Where was Missouri? Yeah. Missouri. Yeah. Right. Texas, Texas. A&M. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of things we don't know anything about <laughs> Come civil on. war history. It's called the Southeastern Conference. We'll, we'll cover this all on my uh, other podcast, Civil War Roundtable with Chancellor Nathan Baird. Yeah. So you're not feeling it. You don't think there is that same kind of Midwestern camaraderie? No, I don't think just this episode, um, this month is going to foster that. Um, if it wasn't there already, I don't think just this alone is enough to get, you know, then what push, would push the conference to that? I don't know a war, <laughs> but there's already <laughs> like, this, but I mean, it's it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not, this is uh, the, the us against the world thing that the sec has and the pride that they take in their football program above all else, sometimes including the education provided by those same institutions. Ooh, that's Nathan is it, saying that, not me. That's Nathan. Is, saying that. Am I wrong? That's Nathan Baird saying that. Listen, is, we is can't it pre- different? We, we, it's, we, but it's a let's different. Let's not pretend that like there's not good schools in the SEC. I'm not saying there's not good schools in the SEC. That's not what I'm saying. Well, what I'm saying is that the the way that the culture appreciates the universities is different, and I think the way that the the, the importance that the culture has put on football is different in the South than it is in Big Ten country. It's not to say that there isn't rabid fan base in in a lot of Big Ten cities but it's not the same and i think that is and, and and as far as talking about like the brotherhood or the the um whatever you said the camaraderie and the the connection that all those schools feel towards with each other i think that's different in the sec i think it's more my point was more that in the, in the south the sec is almost like their enduring thing of pride right now like sec football is like the brand that the south gets to sell about itself more than almost any other except maybe like the weather i guess like that's right. Like, I mean, it's sec football. Like that's what the, the, the South's main like thing that they can have maybe the most pride in, in a lot of ways. So I don't feel like the big 10 States feel that same way about themselves. Why not? What, what do the big 10 States have to, to, to chant about if not football? What should they be? What should they be chanting about? They were like, you know, academic Titans of industry and uh, uh, feeding the, country from their breadbasket and all that stuff 
I don't know. I might be rather have football. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. So, but, so you football, football over food. That's what you're so, saying. So do you, there's a lot of food in the South. All right. <laughs> Should we talk about agricultural production in various regions of America? Is that another thing we don't know anything about? Who does have more soybeans? Is it South Carolina or Iowa? Everyone Here's- who's listening, these were going to be like the fourth and fifth podcasts of the week yep. all fall if we hadn't had this <laughs> announcement on Wednesday. Thank we were God gonna football have, is back. We were going to have fruits and vegetables of Mississippi if not for them announcing a football season on Wednesday. So do you, th- do you feel like, as it relates specifically, because I sort of started with the specific answer and then there's a, uh, a bigger question about the camaraderie. As it relates to a Big Ten chant, is it more that you don't feel the camaraderie or that you think a Big Ten chant is kind of a lame way to express any camaraderie you may feel? More number two than number one, but both are valid. It's both, but also it's just – yeah, no, it's just both. First of all, go Big Ten is kind of cor- kind of corny, I think. What, all right, so make a better chant. What's I a can't. better chant? But you got to have three beats, I think. I don't think it can just be yeah, no. Big Ten, Big Ten. I, it's almost easier to do it with acronyms when, you're wanna, when you want to chant than it is to do it with a full name. B1G? B1G! Is that how they spell it out like that? All right, nobody wants to chant. What percent of our texters do you think said, I would do a Big Ten chant because I'm feeling more league pride? The other answer was, I would never do it. It's weird. I only cheered for Ohio State. So there are only two choices. What do you think the percentage breakdown was? We'll start with you, Nathan. I would say that 80% said it was a dumb chant. Steven? 85 all right, so there, there's a little more brotherhood than you guys are giving credit for. It was 73-27. 73% would never do it. 27% feeling more league pride. Do you think the SEC chant is lame? Steven, do you think an SEC chant is lame? Or when SEC people do it, and they do, do you think it's kind of cool? I don't, I don't think it's lame, but it's, I don't think it's – cool either it's just kind of just root for your school at the end it's you know because it's not necessary when you go to the playoff yeah you're you might be the representative of your conference unless it's you know a weird year where the sec gets two teams in but at the end of the day you're there to win a championship for yourself you're not there to win a championship for your conference so you feel do you feel what is being in a conference then do you think there's anything is there even Five percent like conference pride. This is our group. We are like-minded. We have similar goals. We work together in a lot of ways, but then we compete on the field. But it's all of us together every year. Hey, Rutgers, come on in. But like, is there anything to that? Do you view if you're an Ohio State team? Do you view Purdue and Indiana? and Minnesota and Maryland the exact same way that you view playing that you view Cincinnati or Pitt or other schools that that aren't in your conference or there's there's not any little bit of extra like oh good for them you know what good for them or no mind in this kind of comes from the fact that you know I mean that it's more than just sports when you're talking about the like mindedness but also it's just where your school just happens to be geography from a geographical standpoint because, you know, Michigan's not going to go to the SEC. That wouldn't make any sense. So, so you feel a geographic connection to, to other schools more than a conference connection. Yeah. You know what it's actually like? It's, it's, it's you know, the, the, the statement, you don't choose your family, you choose your friends. Your Big, Big Ten is just kind of like your brother. Those are your brothers for the sake of your yeah, brotherhood. But you don't, you're not necessarily always friends with your siblings. You might hate your siblings, but, you know, they're your family, so you deal with them. So the reason that you would not do a Big Ten chant is because the Big Ten's your family, but sometimes you hate your family. Yeah, like when some of them vote Oof. for you to not play football. All right, well, say that's, that's the next question. Nathan, like just when, you, when the SEC chants it, that's lame or that's kind of like conference pride and kind of cool? I think it's lame, but I think it's also it, – it, 
it's not just conference pride. It, it's conference pride in the fact that they have proven something on a national level with their conference. I mean, if you're an Alabama fan, you don't win a national championship every year, but you can also point to years where, well, we didn't win one that year, but the best team in the country was still at Florida. The best team in the country was at Auburn or Georgia played for a national championship. Like, you know, you're getting other teams in many, many years that are breaking through from the SEC and doing things. Not every year, but but a lot more than it happens in the Big Ten where it's like Ohio State or bust, really. So that's the other part of this. And what is the SEC chanting about when it chants SEC? It's chanting, we have proven a dominance. It's not just we all like each other. It's like we're part of this thing that none of you, none of the rest of you can claim to be a part of. It'd be like if there was an ACC chant in basketball, right? Like it's, it's more like that. So does it, when will the Big Ten ever get to chant anything? They just never get the chant? Um, I mean, they're, they're good wrestling conference and volleyball, great women's volleyball conference. I guess my question is, I think that the big 10 does sort of have conference pride. And as we talked about before, I think that, I think people in the big 10 sort of what you express at the beginning of this conversation, Nathan, I think the big 10 thinks it is smarter than other conferences. I think the big 10 thinks it does have higher standards. I think big 10 people think that other conferences cheat and the big 10 doesn't. I'm not saying that's true or not. I'm saying I think that's what people think. So I think there is a unanimity of thought among Big Ten teams and fan bases that there's what like you're you're kind of hoity. You think you're better than everybody. It's the discussion. The hoity people don't chant. But why not? That's like, and I'm not saying. I, well, it's just I'm, a personality thing. Yeah. I'm hoity but, and I chant. If I'm if I'm. But snobby people don't don't like harass people like snobby people just like keep it to themselves and say it behind your back. So th that's how the big 10 does true. this, does its business. They're not out. They're out in your face about it. They're not like, it's not something that drives some arrogance is different than uh, like this, what, what we're talking about from the sec, which is like an, an maybe an outsized pride. That's different than like uh, the hoity arrogance that you're kind of describing. So, so maybe if, if Ohio State wins the national championship this year and you're an Ohio State fan, maybe you could send like a text message to your friend who's like a Wisconsin fan and just talk some – talk crap about Alabama behind Alabama's back and talk about how great the Big Ten is. That's more appropriate. It's not a chant, but it's just like, oh, yeah, oh, those stupid – oh, yeah, we beat them. And that or would you, be – Or you like – yeah, it's, tweeting passive aggressive snark, like that's that. I think that fits more with what you're talking about than like starting a eighty thousand person chant at a stadium. I think they should do chants. I'd like to hear a chant. All right, let's get to this. Is the wider picture that that Stephen has been stepping toward? Um, how has the battle for the Big Ten to play affected your view on the rest of the conference? And here were the four choices that I gave. One is I feel more camaraderie because league coaches, players, and parents fought together. One is I feel less camaraderie because of that initial 11 to three no vote and that that's going to linger. You're like, you're not going to forget that as an Ohio State fan. One is I kind of feel both. Like maybe you're kind of mad about 11 and three and you can't let it go, but also maybe you're kind of fired up the way people bonded together afterward. So I'm kind of feeling both. It's hard to describe, but my view has changed that you've felt something, how this was handled for the past month. And the other answer is there's no real difference. So of those four answers, Stephen, if you were voting in this tech subscriber poll, which one would you have answered? The one, a little bit of both. Um, just in kind of feeling both. And the reason why is I feel like some things that, you kind of knew got verified through that initial vote of, you know, the big 10 is, is to what Nathan was talking about. It's not just about, you know, this foot, the football is not necessarily reigning supreme. There's a lot of other things that go into the big 10 conference that it cares about. And you saw that with how some of these schools voted while you also kind of found out what schools really, really do care about football by how they responded to it to, from the get-go, whether it's Ohio State, whether it's Penn State, even Nebraska trying to sue the conference, uh, you, you, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, you found out who, you know, in a conference where, you know, it's a, kind, of a, kind of a mixture of sports and academics and you kind of 50-50 it, 
you saw who kind of leaned in which direction who, when you have a conference that's walking that fine line. Nathan, which one would you have voted for? I think I would have voted for no real difference. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know that I thought that this played out in a way that I wouldn't have expected it to, um, except for the messaging part of it. But as far as like the, the stances that people took and the way it was approached in terms of what each school thought about the question and, and how, they han- how each individual school handled it, um, it's about what I, what I would have expected. I, I feel like there's, there's got to be some people out there who, when you talk about maybe like the, the parent protest, I thought was, was probably the way this came out the greatest, right? Is that Randy Wade organizes a parent protest in Chicago. There are some parents from some other schools that show up. But then more than that, when Ohio State organizes the parent protests on campus, Ohio State has one. Nebraska has one. Michigan winds up having a program protest a little bit later. Iowa's very vocal in this. The, the, the Penn State Parents Association put out messages that I did feel like there was some camaraderie, mostly among the parent groups, in trying to fight for this. And I would imagine, and maybe it's just among those parents, but, but that to me feels like a thing that might carry over a little bit of like, hey, listen, we are kind of all in the same boat. We all wanted what we thought was best for our sons, which is what to have an opportunity to play. We all were willing to speak up about that kind of thing. And maybe that, you know, next time Ohio State plays a school like that, it's like, hey, yeah, you know what? Those people are just like us, and we, like you have a, a greater respect for each other. I do feel now, well, that, and I feel like that could carry over to the fan bases to some degree. That you know, the parents led that, but there were fans who were very vocal and very upset and very supportive of the parents and the players and something like this. And I just, th- I just think maybe Ohio State fans will look at Nebraska or Iowa especially differently, um, and that would be reasonable to me that that there would be some views changed on this. And Nathan, I want to get, if you want to get some of the answers ready, I know you've, you've gathered them. I want to hear from what some of our texters said on this particular question. And I think you said people had some specific answers about Nebraska and Iowa, and then we'll save the Jim Harbaugh stuff for later. But I will tell you, it was basically a four-way split on the actual vote. So I'm not going to make you guess who won because it was so close, Kind of feeling both. It's hard to describe, but my view has changed. That finished first with 30%. I feel more camaraderie because of the coaches, players, parents fighting together. That was second with 27%. No real difference was third with 26%. And I feel less camaraderie because of the initial 11 11 to 3 no vote. That was fourth with 17%. So that was a little separated. The other three were basically equally tied. Um, I guess I'm not surprised it is. I could see how a lot of people feel very differently about all these things. But at least there is, you know, it's sort of like at least like two-thirds of the people are admitting they are kind of affected at least for now about how they feel. Nathan, what were the most interesting answers from texters about, yeah, I, I maybe like some of these other big 10 fan bases and teams or respect them more than I did before. So it it was kind of all over the place. There were some that, well, I'll just read some. Here's a, here's a sampling of some four that I picked out Uh, from the five, six, three. I just said to a friend that the lawsuit and the overall response to Nebraska is the first positive thing that they have contributed since joining the big 10. I've always struggled to truly consider them a part of the conference. And I feel like they have not really embraced it either. The fact that they were the only big team to say that they would leave the conference seems to support that. And I don't know if that was ever like, officially threatened in some way, but I understand, I know what they're talking about. I know that sentiment that kind of got at least hinted at out there um, from the five Oh five. Well, I'm going to bump to a different one from the seven, three, four. I feel more of a kinship with Nebraska fans. They're super passionate and they're just not what they were and never will be again. Respect to them for that. I want to go to Lincoln. Now I feel nothing for Iowa. So I guess I think you'd ask about Nebraska and Iowa. And then there's a couple more that it, it, the, the opinion kind of like, tilted a little bit so from the five six seven i was surprised nebraska cared so much about playing they've been in the in the down more often than not the last 20 years they haven't heard they'll finally turn it around this year 
uh, but the school players and fans wanted to play. By comparison, I think Michigan fans, Wayne Richrod, when Richrod or Hoke was a coach, might have been okay taking a year off, surprised by Nebraska's desire to play so bad. And then the one from the 505. For the first time, I feel like I'd like to see Nebraska kicked out of the Big Ten. Didn't Frost say something about wanting to play in a different conference? The Nebraska lawsuit, etc. I can live without seeing another below-average non-bowl-making Nebraska team. So that's someone who's basically – you saw the fact that Nebraska – was ready to maybe just walk out of the big 10 where people thought that on, in some cases that helped their uh, esteem in the conference with some people. And it's for, in some cases, people are like, well, forget you then if you don't want to be part of the big 10. I do think, and we've talked about this before. And I, I think lots of people think this, the big 10 program that is most like Ohio state is Nebraska in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think for Ohio state fans, if this is a realization that like, wow, they're a lot like us. They're the one big conference, uh, the one big school in the state. Everybody in that state roots for them. They are in the capital, capital city. city yep. And that that is, you know, that is a, you know, just a similarity, like the vibe sort of around campus and the way this, the stadium is built up in the city um, around it. But just, and they've been really good. And so it would be like, I mean, it's one of those things. It's sort of like you're the, you're the senior in high school and here's a freshman that you're kind of like, ah, it's a stupid freshman or whatever. But then you realize at some point, oh, that freshman kind of reminds me of myself, you know, like, and, and he's not quite as good as you. Um, but you do have a lot in common and it's hard, man. I mean, can you imagine, I mean, if Ohio state went into another conference, right. Say Ohio state when, jo- you know, I don't know, like what's the, well, well, the one thing we talk about is Ohio state never has a huge downturn, but I mean, if you had gone into, another conference at maybe a low ebb of the Ohio state program. And now you have all new rivalries. The, the schedule is different every year. You, your history is gone. You know, the big 12 network is now showing Ohio state, Michigan games and trying to act like that's big 12 history, but Hey, guess what? Ohio state, your rival isn't Michigan anymore. You know, your new rival is Kansas, right? I mean, like it just would be, it would be hard. And by the way, you were winning national titles a generation ago, and now you're going like you're winning eight games, and that's good. That would be really hard. So, like, Nebraska fans are in a tough spot. And, it's you know, the fans in the program aren't the same thing, but they kind of are the same thing. But all fans want is the best for their individual program. So, as a Nebraska fan, sort of like, what are we doing? Why are we here? Is this good? Is it bad? It's unfamiliar. I kind of miss Oklahoma and Texas and Colorado. Wasn't that awesome back then? By the way, back then we were winning national titles and now we're here and now we can't play this great new conference that we've been in for less than 10 years. That's supposed to be awesome. It feels like since we got here, we suck. And now they're not even going to let us play. What are we doing? We love football. Of course you'd go nuts. But I do think, I do think, I don't know, Stephen, of all the things, does that feel like that maybe we get to a point where there's some kind of lasting thing where the Nebraska-Ohio State games, I don't know, maybe they have more group tailgates or it takes on a thing because I think maybe what happened here is that Ohio State-Nebraska fans real, realized officially how much they actually have in common. Which I think Nebraska needed because they were new here and they just needed somebody that, uh, I guess, a big brother for the sake of one's just a lot better than the other one. And Ohio State needed a like-minded team in the other division, which how we're talking about this, they didn't have before Nebraska got there, even if it isn't necessarily competing with them at the same level on the field, at least off the field and the way they view themselves and carry themselves and their history of you know, winning is similar, at least. They know what it's like to win national titles. Yeah. There are not a lot of teams, a lot of, not a lot of programs in the Big Ten that know, how, know what it's like to be the best program in the country. Right? I mean, that's, that, that really is. There's a lot in common there. So I, I do hope if you're an Ohio State fan, you would take the Nebraska stuff more as a common denominator rather than a, oh, they're a bunch of whiny little outsiders. You know, so um, – Nathan, any, what else is interesting from the, from the texters on this specific idea of anything that's changed? Uh, so from the 614, until this year, I was pretty proud of the Big Ten, at least as compared to the SEC and other conferences. The last month has all but killed that. I'm almost ready for OSU to pull out and form a football super conference with its own commissioner and ways of doing things. Get rid of the boat anchors that are Rutgers and the like and make decisions with the na- other national programs that are on OSU's level. Uh, the obvious problem there being I don't think they're going to find another of those other great programs that would want to follow them. 
right? Like, yeah, that's like, me saying that last part. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, from the three, two, one, Big Ten presidents are not as committed to football as the three other conferences. Twenty-one days. Where is the science on that? Not anywhere else. No twenty-one days in other conferences are pro. Why in Big Ten? What is the rule for the on-campus students? Not twenty-one days and not complete clean classrooms. Rules more about their self-image than student athletes, which I disagree with. I think that these rules are in place to try to ensure that they can get through a football season. I don't think it's just for saving face uh, yeah. as some people um, yeah. from the, now there's, there's another side of this take that I think is important to say though, uh, from the three, one, five, I'm disappointed in the leadership or lack thereof from the big 10 and the university presidents. Everyone is saying, quote, they just listened to their constituents who are screaming for football and voted the way people wanted. Um, Wisconsin has 44 players and staff with COVID. Most of LSU's team has tested positive. What are we doing? We need leaders to protect us from ourselves. And they caved because we whined and moaned like children pathetic i can't believe how we're doing this and i hope that everyone stays safe and from the 216 disappointed the league changed its mind still think it's unethical the players are out at, at, at more risk but not paid feel slightly better that there's less chance of cross infection with the daily testing would prefer all schools had to release test numbers think it's obvious some games are going to be canceled because the schools will with less to play for probably be less vigilant about avoiding places where they could get infected so i think that's another interesting thing here that there's people who are um disappointed in the fracture that the league showed and that there were 11 schools that voted against playing football in the first place. There's people who are disappointed that the league reversed its decision and is going to try to play. These are Ohio state fans. These aren't just random people on Twitter. These are people who pay us each month to get Ohio state texts, um, which is a pretty small subset or especially committed subset of the fan base, I would say. And there's multiple responses we got of people who are like, I'm not cool with this. Which again shows the difficult interesting complex enlightening frustrating dichotomy of the big 10 which goes again back the what the big 10 is I i think to the point of like the chant right i think everybody has a pretty good idea of what what the what sec football is about right the big 10 it is more complex because as we talked about with the christine brennan column there are some people who view big 10 football as let's play football but it's only part of a larger academic worldview right it's not a be-all end-all it's a it's a part of something and let's not overemphasize this and let's take pride in the fact that we have we put football in perspective there are definitely big 10 fans and and some ohio state fans as you just said nathan that feel that way there are other people who feel like especially ohio state fans we're as we're as good at this as anybody else we should be competing for a national title every year Football is super important, and we said that before. Ohio State is an SEC program in the Big Ten. It is hard, man. It's hard. And so I, 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 do, I do have to think that this has some effect, but I could understand if it both sort of tears the conference apart in some ways. For some people, it brings the conference together. For, in some ways, it, it lets you have more belief in the conference. And in some ways it lets you have less belief in the conference. And the other thing Nathan has sort of mentioned there is like the leadership from the centralized power from the commissioner and the league office was so bad. It was almost like, well, the, the, the members are uniting despite the leadership. And sometimes that's a way for people to bond, but then also you have no faith of the people who are supposed to be in charge. I don't know. I think it's interesting, Nathan, but I understand why, why our answers were so divided. And there's one other angle I want to get into here that w- was was prominent, and it kind of plays off of what you were just saying about the va- the leadership vacuum because we talked about this before, and the way that then it seemed to increase the um, perception slash reality of Ohio State standing in the conference. Uh, Nate Ardle from the seven three four. I feel less connected to the league if not for Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska parents, players, and administrators. We would not be playing football in October and would have lost a chance to see this team play. Ohio State is more powerful on its own than any other team and could make more money on its own than the lower half of the league combined. I don't think they should leave the Big Ten, but the Big Ten needs Ohio State more than Ohio State needs the Big Ten. And, and here's another one from the four one nine Wes K. Um, Ohio State is even more elite in terms of sports and in terms of where their place is in the Big Ten. The Big Ten is today is basically the big one and the little 13. And I knew it was true before, but I thought schools like Michigan and Penn State were closer, but it's not even close to who truly the leader in the Big Ten is. And I think your point about Nebraska being in the same place, um, the same realm culturally in terms of football and, and things like that, I think makes sense. But in terms of power, I think they make a point that the, the, the combination of that 
that Ohio, that Nebraska and Ohio State share, but then the Ohio State has, is just the better football program, the better football factory right now, and that means it's a bigger money factory right now and a bigger ratings factory right now, and that there this episode did maybe put some additional uh, focus on how huge Ohio State is in the Big Ten. Uh, but the hard thing is, right, Stephen, if you were Ohio State and you're the one, would you rather this conference be when it comes to football power? And I think football success and, and football accomplishment is related to football emphasis, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. Nebraska has the emphasis right now, but they don't have the, the, the success. But a lot of times it is, it is one leads to the other. Would you rather it be a big one and a little 13? Or would, would you rather, if you were Ohio State, have three other – teams in this conference who cared about football the equal amount and had the exact same equal level of success at you so it was a big four and a little 10 i mean you know because because you have a fight right now but then you got to go out and play which one would be better for ohio state honestly the you have three or four people who are at least culturally built the way Ohio State is built. Because one, it just you know makes it for a more competitive conference on a football field because eventually you'll get it together, you would think. But also, you know, when it, come, when it comes to stuff like this, maybe something swing in your favor. And instead of having what happened on August 11th, you know, they do decide to just push back some dates instead of just canceling altogether. So most of the time you're not fighting in the middle of a pandemic about whether you're going to play a season or not. Most of the time yeah. you're just playing football. And it's one of those things you always have to be careful. It's like, are you sure you want to be better? Are you sure you want to lose more? Is that what you're asking? It's like, oh, please give us tougher, tougher competition so we can lose more. But I do think when you're Alabama and you look around, Alabama's great and it has not negatively affected Alabama, but Alabama can look around and say, Auburn, pretty much like us, LSU, pretty much like us, Georgia, pretty much like us, Florida, pretty much like us, like really care about it high-level achievement, not as high as Alabama, but they've all had their peaks at various times. They're right there. And I do think it's fair to say Penn State's there. We just did the whole tier thing. Ohio State's in tier one, Penn State's in tier two. I think it might be nice for Ohio State to have a couple more in tier two. And when this whole realignment stuff was going on eight years ago, and you were sort of talking about the idea of who else could the Big Ten steal, if it really would have gone crazy – and there was a time when people thought Texas was a possibility for the Big Ten. And then it's like, well, then would Oklahoma come along? And Notre Dame is in the Big Ten footprint and is a place that is academically oriented but also cares a lot about football, and it's not in a conference. And now that it is one, it, it is, is, is in one for a season, it's in the ACC. If in realignment the Big Ten had added Texas, Oklahoma, and Notre Dame – I think we'd be in a different spot, right? Do you guys agree with that? And maybe, maybe our, I think maybe those are programs that Ohio State fans would maybe then feel more camaraderie with when you're talking about how you view the world and how you view football. And instead, they added Rutgers in Maryland and Nebraska, who's kind of a shell of itself. And if you happen to add three football p- powers in the last decade, you might be in a different spot right now and feeling differently ab- about it right now as an Ohio State fan. Well, more, more than those just being football powers of the past decade um, or, or past 15, 20 years, I mean, you go back to the beginning of the 20th century, and those are some of the most, like if you were to make a list of the, the, the greatest college football programs of all time, all those programs would be in the running, right? Notre Dame, Oklahoma, the teams that they used to have, the Texas, what they've done throughout their, their lives. So, I mean, that, that's where it starts to become more in the Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska sphere. You'd have – both you'd have teams that are not only kind of coming on and and have their peaks even in modern day but also have just a a a gravitas to them or just kind of a mystique we've talked about that before and and what that can mean for a program what that means for how people think of that conference so yeah i think we people would definitely look at the big Ten differently if those schools have been added kind of glad they weren't because we have enough travel as it is but would have been interesting kind of glad they weren't man i fly to rutgers so I'm getting on a plane. I'd rather fly to Austin than I'd rather yeah, fly to Piscataway. No. Well, that's if, if it's one or the other, sure, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – it just is – it's – and we'll get – I want to do, based off of this, uh, and, and I do think before the season starts, for a big Wednesday pod, I want to do design your perfect Big Ten conference from scratch. That a lot of the problems with the NCAA, with NCAA sports – a lot of the problems arise from the fact that 
nobody's ever done anything from scratch and there's stuff that is in existence for the last 20, 50, 80, 100 years. And the remnants of that drag down college athletics right now. And then if everybody always says, if you were starting an amateur athletic model that is tied to universities, if you were starting at fresh today, no way would it look like this. I mean, th- it, not even close. So I don't, I don't care about all the other stuff, but I care about let's make the perfect Big Ten. Do you bring in West Virginia and Pitt? Not even bring in. You're starting from, do you want 10 teams? Because you want it to match the name. Do you want 12? Do you want 14? Do you want 16? Who are you going to go get? I mean, I think you want to be realistic a little bit. I'm not sure you could just say, I want Alabama in the Big Ten. I want USC in the Big Ten. I mean, I guess if, if it's your perfect Big Ten, I guess say it, but you have to explain it. But I would like to do that on a Wednesday because I think it would tell us, it would help inform us more about what people think the problems are now. So I don't know. But Nathan, in, in, overall, you looked through those responses, and we'll get to Harbaugh next, but you looked through the responses and you picked them out. Was there more of a vibe of like, yeah, I feel kind of connected to everybody else, or more of a vibe of, ah, screw everybody. We should no, leave. I think as reflected in the percentages that you said, it was pretty mixed there was definitely and there were people who were also saying well I, I feel connected but only to a certain point because they remember the 11 to 3 vote they remember that at one point 11 of them didn't want to play yeah i mean yes at some point the push came back and yes they came together and, and had football and yes they felt maybe more of a connection um even with the 11 to 3 vote because you did have two schools both from the west by the way who were the ones connecting with ohio state to try to have football so it, I think people were conflicted. I think they, they saw some push-pull on both sides of that. Especially since that's not a very, you know, that wasn't a down-to-the-wire decision. That was, the bulk of the conference felt that way. That's, a, that's basically your, con- your entire conference saying that they didn't want to play football. I mean, here's a good way to put it from the 773. There's a little camaraderie for the yes voters, but honestly not much since both teams aren't on OSU's level. If Nebraska was good at football, I would feel more of a friendly attachment. They're trying, right? I don't know. They're trying. They're trying their best. Um, okay. Interesting. I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm surprised by any of this. It's a very conflicting kind of thing. So I get that the answers are very conflicted. Um, less, less conflicted, I think, about Jim Harbaugh, who was marching to play Big Ten football. So we'll take one more break and we'll come back and see how views on Michigan's coach from our Ohio State texters changed or did not change after this on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk. We're going to talk about Jim Harbaugh, but, but we also just want to give you guys a heads up that when the schedule comes out, we will have a podcast on it. Depending when it comes out, I don't know if it'll be an emergency pod or we'll come back the next morning and do something, but we're going to do a whole, obviously, when we figure out who Ohio State is playing and when, we're going to dive into that because that's, you know, kind of important. We also are going to get back to Market Down Mondays because we have things to mark down again. So expect that for this coming Monday. <coughs> Nathan, you and I were spitballing a little bit. You don't have to tell people, you know, if you have an idea yet, but are you excited for our texters and our listeners to begin to mark it down again and make predictions and talk about solid, actual things regarding this football season? I'm excited about it once we actually do have those ideas. Right now, the tough thing is we pretty much marked down a lot of the things about the season, and now we either have to remark based on the new schedule or come up with a completely new thing that we haven't asked people to mark down yet. So that's our challenge, but that's why we get the, the 3 dollars a month. So uh, we're on it, and we will have a question out to everybody as soon as possible. And the other thing is we're taking a week off from the retalkables just because, you know, news happened – but I, our plan is to continue the Buckeye retalkables uh, up until the game start, at least. So we're not going to do one this week. We've gotten good response. We'll plan to do one next week because there's just too much going on. We'll be able to work it back in. Now we'll get back into more of a normal schedule. All of us will. And then we'll have until the third week in October. So we have plenty of time to watch some more of these old games. Again, we've done 2015 Virginia Tech and we've done the 2010 Rose Bowl against Oregon. We're toying with uh, one of the Notre Dame non-conference games from the Cooper era is what we're thinking about. But I also want to at least get into – I want to make sure we get to at least one Michigan game during the course of this. I'd like to get to at least one of the really good Penn State games in recent times. Um, We've got to see what's on YouTube and available to everybody. But we will be back with the Retalkables, just not this week. All right, last question. 
Has your view on Jim Harbaugh changed at all after the last six weeks? I gave people two no, no choices and a yes choice. The no choices were, no, I like him less because of how he handled, him, handled himself over this time period. You know, whatever you thought he did or didn't do, but this actually did have an effect on you and you dislike him more. Or no, he's the Michigan coach and a little weird and nothing will change that. So basically like no difference, still don't like him. So those are slightly different no's. And then the yes is, yes, I respect him more because he fought to play. So let's guess on that. What do you think the percent was who said, yes, I respect him more because he fought to play, Steven? I don't have to do some math in my head real quick. No, just do a straight. I'm not asking for math. Just, just the yes. Don't give me the three breakdowns. That's why I did it. I uh, don't want yeah. us doing math. How uh, many said, yes, they like him more? What percent? Uh, 27%. Nathan, how many like Jim Harbaugh more? 9%. Oh, come on. 25. Steven, very close. 25%. Yeah. So it was 70%. No, he's the Michigan coach and he's a little weird and nothing's going to change that. 25%. Yes, I respect him more. 5%. No, I like him less because of how he handled himself. So it was mostly like they still don't like him or they respected him. I thought in the moment and I could see, I saw some of the more vocal sort of like Ohio State media members and analysts and that kind of thing sort of expressing this. I thought kind of, because it's with Harbaugh, it's not just that he's the Michigan coach. It's that he acts like an outsider. He's the ultimate insider. He's the Michigan quarterback. He's a lifelong football guy. He grew, his dad's a coach who coached at Michigan. He played at Michigan and guaranteed a win against Ohio State. He's the ultimate Big Ten Michigan rivalry insider, but yet he behaves as an outsider. And that is part of this because to me, the yes, the yes I respect him more is, is him getting more toward Bo territory, which is Ohio State fans didn't like Bo, but the whole thing was the respect and that you understood each other. And again, talking about programs that are so similar, some of the greatest hatred comes out of great similarity. And I think part of the issue now is that Ohio State and Michigan aren't that similar in a lot of ways. And the similarities are in the past, and we're holding on to that. But I thought maybe he seemed more like an insider, less like an outsider. Look at him. He's marching with his program to get Big Ten football back on the field this fall. He feels like one of us. Steven, any of that. Did you feel any of that the past couple weeks? Uh, not not to, a little bit, but not overwhelmingly. It's just I think the respect is, well, he fought for his program. Good he did that. But you, you have to take it with a grain of salt because he's still the Michigan coach. I think that's more what it is. It's not an overwhelming amount of respect. You just like that he stood up for wanting to play football in the fall. But, but he's the Michigan coach who takes his shirt off at recruiting camps, climbs a tree, and sleeps over at a kid's house. He's that Michigan coach. He's not the, we love football, we respect the rivalry. You can't even really get him to engage on the rivalry a lot of times. I thought this was engaged. A lot of times, Jim Harbaugh, and he's dialed it back the last couple of years, but he's never going to escape the way he behaved when he first entered the conference as a coach. He, he hasn't just been down in the dirt trying to win a game. He's been like, he's been like this guy who's just separate. Nathan, do you feel uh, that's, I mean, I get it. Of course he's the Michigan coach. He's not supposed to be your best friend, but what Ohio state fans felt toward Bo at the moment, I mean, Harbaugh's not anywhere close to that. And he's the ultimate Bo disciple, but yet he has not absorbed that. And man, I thought maybe this was him absorbing some of that Bo would have been out there marching Woody would have been out there marching and I think Bo and Woody in this situation would have done something where they sort of somehow got themselves together and had a coach's thing where they would have been fighting to get on the field right if this had happened 50 years ago did he absorb any bonus through the course of this Nathan 
I mean, the biggest part of the respect for Bo, though, I mean, or a huge element of that was that he could beat Ohio State. That's a factor here. I think that Ohio State fans will respect Jim Harbaugh more when he puts together a football team that can beat their football team. I think that is a big part of it here. You know, growing up, uh, when I was more of a fan than I am now, you know, I was was a Chicago Bears fan growing up. And I hated getting – watching Brett Favre go take his team to Super Bowls and and beat the Bears when the Bears were inept. But – I respected him because you couldn't not respect him. Same kind of with Aaron Rodgers now. I mean, you have to respect those guys because they get the job done. And I think that's still where the biggest piece of disrespect for Ohio State fans with Jim Harbaugh is. I mean, yeah, he's got some personality quirks and stuff, but I think they would the, the respect level would still be higher if he'd been able to win even just one of these games against Ohio State so far. I think I'm more in touch with my feelings. I thought I, I I'm I, like I thought I mean of course what's he supposed to do? he couldn't beat Ohio State during the pandemic, I mean but I I just thought when you watch that guy that weird dude, and you are if you're an Ohio State person who all you want in the world is football this fall football for your team this fall, and you look out and Jim Harbaugh is marching, and that's all he wants too. I feel like if I were that Ohio State fan in that moment, I would feel a connection to Jim Harbaugh that I hadn't felt before. Either while Ohio State was beating his Michigan teams or while he was doing the things he does to get attention or while he was saying the things he says about Ohio State, right? I just, I would have thought, you know what? Okay, that guy, at least that's a human connection. We're bonded by football now. We love the same thing in different ways on different sides of it. But this is proof to me that we love the same thing, the same amount. And I don't know that people have ever doubted that Jim, nobody ever has. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is a a football maniac in his own way, but I just would have taken that in and I, and I, and I would have let it had some effect on how I view the guy. And I get it. I get it. He's a Michigan coach and he's never beaten Ohio state, but it would have, it would have changed my view. But the alternative to that is what if he hadn't been out there marching? And I don't know if Ohio State fans can hate things that have to do with Michigan more than they already do. So you would be saying, oh, you'd hate him. Well, you already hate him. So um, you can't hate him more than you already hate people from Michigan. And that would be the alternative if he wasn't out there marching with his, with his players. So, yeah, it, it, he did what you would expect any coach to do in that situation. That's stand by his players. But not every coach did. Not every coach in the Big Ten was out marching. You're, no, you're, you're right, but when you're talking about a rivalry here, it's when the alternative is... But it's is, not what I'm talking about. I mean, like, can't we... Of course! It's Ohio State-Michigan, of course. Of course, let's not restate the fact that Ohio State-Michigan don't like each other. But there's a way that you don't like each other. Yes, I get it. He's the Michigan coach. But with Harbaugh, it also has been something else. Of course, right? It's not yes. just that he's the Michigan coach. Okay. Is that he's weird Jim Harbaugh. I don't want to talk about the rivalry. I'm talking about Harbaugh's role in it. And that, to me, to me, it changed a little bit. I just I think if, have the same I think discussion. If, I think if you were to ask them about James Franklin, for instance, it might be different. That's a coach who already has shown a, a ability to – beat Ohio state and, and is also in the mix in this conversation. Um, but maybe even more of a, the, the connection he's had with Ryan day through this whole thing. I think that's the coach who probably maybe has maybe grown in esteem more from Ohio state fans through this process. Let me read some of the answers because I think that that'll enlighten us a little bit. Here were a couple of the yes answers uh, from the five, one, three. I appreciate the fight. He constantly gave this is Harbaugh. He's a true football guy and he proved it with how restless he was in fighting this. Now I hope Michigan gives him a life contract so he can continue to get mauled by Ryan Day every year. And from the 3-3-0, I almost feel bad for him. He's an above-average coach with fan expectations he can't meet. He's a football guy, in quotes, to his core, and it's clear their administration just considers football to be a lower priority. He's in a tough, albeit very highly paid spot. And there was somebody else who had texted in saying that they kind of felt the same, that they felt like maybe it gave them a new appreciation for why Harbaugh can't win because he feels like, the Nebraska administration and, and people are not behind him in the same way, but here were a lot of the no votes and they, they were some of what you're talking about is in here. Um, 
From the 3-2-1, I felt like he was very quiet for a long time with Frost and Day being the most outspoken. Seems Harbaugh spoke out much later, only after the Ohio State and Nebraska leadership coaches and players and parents spoke out. I feel like he jumped on the bandwagon after it was already rolling. Uh, from the 803, I still feel that Michigan is one of the main obstructors of this whole process. Just because Jimmy H wanted to play doesn't make me blame UM any less. O'Brien Day still tries to drop a Benjamin on him. From the 602, um, am I looking at Harbaugh differently? Yeah, I think he's even more of a putz than I did before. From the 937, as far as Harbaugh, he would establish world peace, and I still wouldn't like him. The guy is just flat out weird. And from the 515, after Jim Harbaugh attended that Big Ten rally, I had a dream that I was there and shook his hand and thanked him for being there. I felt gross when I woke up. So there's some people who are just already and and when I said nine percent, I wasn't factoring in how many people might have gone from a zero to a zero point five on how much they like Jim Harbaugh to get to that twenty five percent. Yeah, I, that you think that person really had a dream? That's a pretty interesting uh, dream. I don't know. That could be like one of those preacher stories. You know what I mean? Where it's like I've got this like charming anecdote, but it didn't actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I, 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 it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, it's again, it, it's, it's one of these things. I, I was having a discussion with my daughter the other day. I'm always, and I like why we were talking about why swear words are swear words. It always bothers me, right? That all words are is a way to express what people are feeling. So it's the expression of the feeling that matters. It doesn't exactly, however, whatever the word is, you know, I mean, it's, you're just trying to find the best possible word to express the emotion. So whether it's hate or respect or, like or dislike, whatever the thing is, I, I think sometimes we get caught up in the words. But um, it's, it's just like, do you express like that the guy like on site, like the person says, if you wake up and you had a dream about shaking his hand, you feel gross. I mean, that's a pretty expressive way of saying it. But it's just like, to me, it's like, is there a little bit more of like a, yeah, okay. And whatever word that means, but you've just got a little, eh, maybe I, maybe that guy's not quite as, so, you know, that's, that's where I was wondering where, where people went. Again, it's not like a lot of people went there, but we're saying 25% got there a little bit, Nathan, as you said, even if they went up half a percentage point. Um, from zero, yeah. From zero, from zero. Okay, I don't know. So, like, do you think now, and we'll have time to do this, but when this is over, like, let's say, I mean, this is going to be weird. This is probably not, I was going to say, like, what's, what's it going to be like when COVID's over? It's like, I don't like, I mean, my God, can we just get through it first and then we can go back and reassess it? But I just wonder a year from now, right? Say that, say that we're pretty much kind of back to normal and that the result is, you know, the football season is proceeding as normal. They're having August preseason. They're starting in September. They're playing the normal number of games. There's no restrictions on travel or anything. I'm curious how people will look back on this, but, but I imagine part of the story of, gonna be, of this is going to be people telling stories of how Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa led the fight to save Big Ten football. Because part of it is like the reality and what really happened, and part of it is how people perceive it and they remember it. But that 11-3 to 3 vote, that's going to stick around. That's going to be cited forever. And those three, I do think they will get lumped. So I do think maybe going forward, we're going to see Ohio State lumped with Nebraska and Iowa in a way that we never really would have thought of lumping them before. And I just wonder what the, what the lasting effects of that might be. And I think also we'll probably find out more down the line of at other schools where coaches and ADs maybe helped persuade their previous no vote residents to join the other side. Right. The secret, the secret heroes of the Big Ten football season. Um, okay. 614-350-3315 is where you can text subscribe. Drop a review. Still don't have any fresh reviews. Get some fresh reviews up there. We really appreciate those. Read cleveland.com slash OSU. Look for Market Down Monday on Monday. And we will talk about a Big Ten schedule as soon as we have one. And hopefully that is sooner than later. But I think Nathan is probably right. And probably early next week, we should probably be looking for that. So that's all about feelings. We hope your feelings about Big Ten football are positive in however way you have absorbed this. It is a difficult, complex time. Fingers crossed. Everybody stay safe. Thanks for listening. For Stephen and Nathan, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.